Welcome to the Big Sky Astrology Podcast with April Elliott Kent and me, producer and co-host Jen Brown. Hello, friends, and welcome to our first week at the Big Sky Astrology Podcast. I'm producer and co-host Jen Brown. I'm here with renowned astrologer and my cosmic collaborator, April Elliott Kent. Hi, yeah. April. <laughs> If you're a Leo, always work with a Libra. They will just make you feel like the best thing that ever lived. Thank you, Jen. God, what a sweet intro. I don't think I'm renowned, but that's okay. That's very, very sweet. Thank you. No, I'm delighted to be with you and very excited about launching this new project with you. Yeah, and me too. So, it's April, it's the week of Thanksgiving 2019. Mm. And your superpower is bringing the big sky down to earth. <laughs> there are a number of planetary highlights happening this week. My friend, where would you like to start off our very first planetary discussion, our inaugural cosmic chat? Oh my God, well I think we better start with Venus, right? Because she is a jealous oh. goddess and if you don't put her first, it's not gonna go well. Well, and she's all about relationships, isn't she? That's right. And this is the dawn of our podcasting relationship, Jen. Mm -hmm. yes. So I think it's only appropriate that we start with the lovely Venus, who this week is going into Capricorn on November 25th, I believe it is. Although I'm, I'm, I'm working I, on a very unfamiliar workstation and struggling to find what I need to find at any given moment. Uh, the 25th, I believe that's correct. That's what we talked about earlier. Yes. So Venus going into Capricorn. Now, April... <laughs> Venus going into Capricorn, does that mean she's lining up with the constellation Capricorn? Well, kind of. So I know for people that are not astrologically advanced or whatever, you hear expressions like this, Venus going into Capricorn. And what it means is from our perspective on Earth, it would appear that Venus is aligning with actually not technically the constellation Capricorn. Uh, that's a long story. 2,000 years ago, she actually would have been lined up with the constellation. Perfectly. Right? Or did Perfectly. I make that up? No, you didn't make that up. It's called the procession <laughs> of the equinoxes, and you've summed it up actually really well. Suffice to say, from our point of view and using what we call the tropical zodiac, um, we will say Venus is entering the sign of Capricorn. So Venus has a cycle that's, um, you know, just a little bit under a year to go through the mm -hmm. entire zodiac. Mm -hmm. So she's one of the faster moving planets. And, um, you know, she has a set of characteristics and things that we say she has dominion over. And when she moves into a new sign, we could say that we will all be happier and experience the pleasure principle most fully mm. if we do so in accordance with the sign that Venus is moving through. That was a whole lot of words to say very little. <laughs> <laughs> but let's put it this way. So you said before Venus is about relationship and that is certainly one of the meanings of Venus because Venus is about the principle of completion. Mm -hmm. So I have this, you have that. When we get together, each you know half comes together to make a whole. But it's not just through our relationships with other people that we experience these principles. It's through the world generally. Mm -hmm. What are the things that we like, the things that we're attracted to and drawn to that bring our lives flavor and color and beauty and grace and harmony? That's all Venus territory. Mm. So when Venus in the sky 
transiting Venus, we call her, moves into a new sign, which she does about every three and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. We know that we are being called to give love and affection and pleasure to some new area of the world. That's so lovely. I've always had the idea that every single little thing on the planet has someone who is uniquely designed to love it. That it would not have been created without also somebody else being lined up to be its caretaker. You see this in people's hobbies, right? People become passionately interested in such a wide variety of things. Look at the things that people collect or the TV programs they become obsessed with. Mm -hmm. And everything out there has somebody who is designed to love it. So what does it mean for Venus to be moving into Capricorn? Well, what do you know about Capricorn? You know some astrology. I do know a thing or two. Um, Capricorn is the mountain goat with a fishtail mm-hmm. because um, Capricorn's a hard worker, can go all the way up the mountain, but also dive deep into the sea. Mm-hmm. Um, Capricorn mm-hmm. is very much thought of as the top of the chart which would make it sort of how we are seen in public um, our social Mm -hmm. status Capricorn's about working I guess I think of work April when I think of Capricorn that's the first thing that comes to my mind yeah and and that's that's actually a very good keyword for it and I think although it's probably limited I mean I'm that's being limited limiting well all of the signs of the zodiac and every planet and every house as we'll discuss in our journey through this podcast is so complex yeah and has so many meanings and the beauty of astrology is we use them holistically in combination with each other to try to get a sense of what they might mean or how they might express so mm-hmm. you could say any single keyword about capricorn and you've given us several good ones you know reputation how we are out in the world the work that we do And you can't take any single one of those and say that encompasses the entirety of Capricorn, but you can certainly say it gets us into Capricorn's neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I think if if I wanted to say a little more about Capricorn, it would be, it is about reputation and it's about our calling. When Mm -hmm. I think of work in relation to Capricorn, it's that work in the larger sense, not just going off to a job every day but having a career, having something that calls to us to do work out in the world and to stand for something bigger than what we are. Mm -hmm. So you could, um, you know, flip hamburgers at a fast food place (laughs) for your J-O-B job, Mm -hmm. but you could dream of being a filmmaker and that that is really the essence of your Capricorn. Right. And a few really lucky people have a connection between those two things. Yeah. If you find the planet that rules the sign on the 10th house cusp in the 6th house of a person's chart, then you're seeing a direct connection between those two, mm-hmm. or vice versa. Mm-hmm. But for some people, if you're, <laughs> I mean, it may be that your passion is to flip burgers and have your own restaurant too. So you know, you might be a lucky person that gets to do both and combine the two. So I'm picturing the chart. I'm picturing it divided into 12 equal pie pieces. 
And when you say the sixth house, you mean the one that's between three and four o'clock. Right. Uh, I'm picturing that, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, I haven't looked at a clock in a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 12. Oh, yeah, okay. and some people there's, can't even read 30. an analog okay. clock anymore. So. No, no, no. <laughs> so <laughs> There, I've just dated myself. <laughs> oh, yes, you did. Um, I'm finding one because I know there's one here on my, on my computer somewhere. Well, see what it looks like, suffice but... it to say it's to the right of the chart, and the, the top of the chart is where noon would be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there is a connection, definitely, between work and Capricorn. Capricorn's a hard-working sign. It's just not necessarily about working at a J-O-B job. Mm-hmm. It can be. It's an ambitious sign, generally. And it's the way that we put ourselves out in the world that gets us noticed and hopefully respected. Mm-hmm. And if we don't behave in such a terrific way... This is when you're like the Richard Nixon expression of Capricorn, uh, where the fall from grace is, is a very, very hard and humiliating one. So if we try to combine these two ideas and say Venus going into Capricorn, we can say for the next few weeks, the idea is to bring more Venus and beauty and invite her into your work life, if we want to say it very simply. Maybe it's time to bring some beautiful flowers and colors and so forth into your workspace. Maybe it's something about bringing people you enjoy into your work life with you, like I'm doing with you right now. I mean, you're Venus coming into my Capricorn world, right? <laughs> so it's just about finding ways to collaborate, which is a Venus concept. Mm-hmm. And, you know, find pleasure in the Capricorn areas of life. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, the other yeah, thing I would say is if if you're a little further on the journey and you know how to find the house in your chart where Capricorn lives, and if you can find Capricorn's symbol on the cusp of one of those houses, mm-hmm. you know that is the particular area of your life in the coming few weeks mm-hmm. that wants that Venus expression, that wants you to have a little more, just have some fun, you know, have yeah. some chocolate, mm-hmm. relax. So those are my nice. thoughts about Venus yeah. and Capricorn. Okay. So we have another, um, to switch topics here a little bit, we have another big thing happening this week, which is the new moon. Um, new moon. <laughs> April used to be a singer. Well, you yeah. probably still are a singer. I, I am not a singer, no. I am not at all. <laughs> you no. can still sing. <laughs> no, but of course, that's why we decided to launch... <laughs> when we did, because we call oh, new moon, uh, because a new moon's a good time for new beginnings, for planting new seeds. And this one's in Sagittarius, which is about taking a bold leap. Um, taking a bold leap. Yeah, Sagittarius always calls us to adventure and says, try something that you haven't done before, mm-hmm. something foreign to you, something that's a little bit of an adventure. Well, how appropriate for us to be doing this today. Right? Yeah. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. I think of Sagittarius as broadening your horizons. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's ruled by Jupiter. It has some association with the ninth house of the chart, the, the house of long journeys over water, they used mm-hmm. to call it. Mm-hmm. And it's also about the ways in which we ourselves feel like foreigners. You know? Mm-hmm. Say um, more about that. Yeah. So, for instance, I remember going back to my hometown, um, probably seven years ago, and I hadn't been there in a really long time. And 
going there, I was struck by how much I felt like an outsider amongst the the very people that knew me when I was the youngest. I was born Uh into that place, Mm -hmm. but I never felt like I belonged in that place. And you could point to a lot of things in my chart that sort of back that up. Mm-hmm. But I think for each of us, there is at least one area, and for most of us more, <laughs> in our in our lives where we just feel like, oh, I don't know, we were born into the wrong family or into the wrong community or into the wrong religion or even the wrong body. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of ways to feel right. like an outsider. Mm-hmm. And f- I I find for people with a lot of Sagittarius emphasis in their chart... They are often they often feel most at home when they're around people who are nothing like them, hmm. where they have no history oh, that okay. they have to live up to. Yeah. So yeah, the new moon in Sagittarius. I mean, the the idea of the new moon generally it's it's the point in the lunar cycle where the sun and the moon are lined up mm-hmm. at the same degree of the same sign. It starts off a twenty eight and a half day cycle. Okay. That takes the the energy and the message and the tone of the sign that it it falls in. So the new moon is a time where if you go outside in the evening, you will not see the moon. Mm-hmm. It's a totally dark sky right. um, because the moon sets with the sun. Uh-huh. So you don't see it, and it's this dark time. But what's beautiful about the dark nights is how clear the stars are, and that's mm-hmm. sort of kind of a wonderment in and of itself but the thing I always remind people about the new moon because if you read a lot of astrology blogs or listen to a lot of astrology podcasts Jen or whatever it is you're doing you'll hear a lot of people talk about the new moon and talk about oh it's this great time to set intentions and decide what you want to do you know for the next month I I have heard that yeah yeah and I don't disagree with that and to some extent I do that myself but the thing I remind people of is what you're doing at the new moon is you're you're planting seeds in the dark. It's like you've gone outside at night with your bag of seeds ah. and you're just and you have to toss as many as you can in hopes one or two of them will flourish. Uh-huh. So we have to remember that yeah, it's a good time to plant seeds of intention. But we don't know which ones are gonna flourish and which ones aren't. We don't exactly know where the seeds are going and we're kind of in the dark. Hmm. So it's not a joke. Wow, I'm blown away right now. Wait a minute. Really? Yeah, because no one's ever explained it that way. I don't know that I'm right. (laughs) Well, I would disagree. (laughs) I like to think I'm right. I am a Leo. But it's just, that's how I experience the new moon in nature. And I think that's really instructive. Hmm. That basically we don't know where... So what I tell people is you will know by the time... uh, You'll know a little bit at the full moon about what's starting to Mm. bear fruit. Mm -hmm. But you'll know even more when we get to the full moon that's in the same sign as this new moon. Six months later. Yeah. So the full moon in Sagittarius will come when the sun is in Gemini. So that puts it in June usually. Uh So, you know, it's a process. Uh-huh. But it's all starting now. So if people know what their natal chart looks like, they can basically look for that degree of Sagittarius and see which house it falls in. And and can you just say, and, and we'll get back to the new moon then, just a couple of sentences about what your natal chart is for people that don't know. I'm sure I'll have a lot of friends listening and stuff, and they don't, <laughs> you know, they don't, 
they don't know what that necessarily means. Sure. Well, I used to be confused by the term natal chart. Yeah, right. Because I was really young when I was getting into astrology. I didn't know about. And you hear during the Nixon administration. Exactly. Yeah. And so you hear about the nativity, like the nativity scene at Christmas, which I never really thought about. I thought it was some Mary and Joseph thing, and that was it. And I didn't know about um, prenatal care for babies. I never really had heard the word. Hmm. But all it means is birth chart, Mm -hmm. right? It's the chart of the nativity, of your nativity. And really, it's a breath chart. It's a first breath chart. Um, There are some people who contend, for instance, that we should calculate your chart based on when you were conceived, which, of Mm -hmm. course, is a much trickier chart to get. Right. When does that mean? What what moment is that exactly? (laughs) So Uh really, the idea of the birth chart is to say, on this particular day when you were born, at the exact moment that you first drew breath, in the place on the planet where you drew the breath, the sky looked a certain way. Mm-hmm. relative to where you were. I was born 301 in the afternoon in early August in 1961 in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And if somebody were at the hospital to congratulate my parents and walked outside at the moment of my birth, and they could see the stars, which of course you really can't in the afternoon, but they would have seen the constellation Sagittarius rising in the east. So Mm -hmm. that is the ascending point in the chart. So that's where the chart begins. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the first house. And the sky would have looked very, very different if I were born where my husband was in New Zealand. At that time, the sky Mm -hmm. would have changed. A different constellation rising in the east. Mm -hmm. The planets would have all been in the same place. But my perspective on them would have been utterly different. So that's why astrologers are so pedantic when we ask you what time you were born. Because Mm -hmm. even four minutes can make a difference in the Mm -hmm. ascending sign and the subsequent house cusps. So what we do is we present a geocentric view of the sky based on where you are, as if we are the center of the universe and not the sun. (laughs) Because Uh to us, that's the truth of the situation. That's how we see things. That's how we see things from our own point of view. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. that's why the map's a little bit weird and Mm -hmm. and the top part is south. And that's why the earth is is in the center. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit weird. So we can only see things the way we see them. That's right. Yeah. And and the way we see them is very much based on did you come in on a hot August afternoon in the Midwest with the crickets buzzing and the mosquitoes and all of that wild stuff? Or did you come in in the middle of the night in the capital of New Zealand like my husband did, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think all of that informs our journey. We, we figure that the birth chart talks about something about our plan for being here in the same way that a wine... <laughs> Uh, the, the, the grapes that are made into a wine reflect the other things that are grown mm-hmm. in the region. There are some places in the world that are great for growing grapes and others not so much. So, yeah, it talks about our vintage. Yeah, That's beautiful. I think of it as that, that each of us have an imprint in the sky of each planet where it was on the day that in the moment that we were born. Mm-hmm. And so there are all these little imprints, uh, energetic imprints, out in the world that you know when when the planets then move today at this moment they're making connections 
or not, perhaps, to mm-hmm. to the other imprints of where we were born. I think it's such a good way to put it because it, it's mm-hmm. sort of like a giant clock. It's giant, which of course I can't picture. We've already established. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you were born in 1961, growing up with therefore analog clock. Oh, I know, and have used one very recently. But I don't know. I panic. You know, and I'm panicking from the pressure here of the entire situation. So anyway, so does that answer your question? Someday Time- we'll, we'll you'll say, ah, oh, can you remember? I didn't when I didn't know where three o'clock was on the clock. <laughs> God. We're already laughing about it. No, but I know how to keep time in military time, so I feel pretty good well, about that. Well, that's something. There we go. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Okay, great. Well, so the, so this new moon in Sagittarius, to bring us back then to, to this, is happening at a certain degree of Sagittarius, or as all the cool astrologers say, Sag. It's happening at a certain degree of Sag. Yes. Um, and it will line up somewhere in our chart, and depending on where it is in our chart, that's the house that it falls in, in our right. own personal birth chart. Right. So this one is at the degree of four degrees Sagittarius in three minutes. So if you figure each sign has 30 degrees, mm-hmm. this just yep. means that the Newman starts really close to the beginning of the sign of Sagittarius. Yeah. And so you would look for, yeah, basically where that falls in your chart. In the show notes, we'll put a link to a blog post that I wrote that says how to find this in your chart, which yeah, I hope people will find yeah. helpful. For instance, in my chart, this falls in the first house, really close to the ascendant. So this says this is the most important new moon for me of the year about identifying my own personal priorities, um, how I am presenting myself to the world, how I want to be seen, coping with new situations and that kind of thing. Where is it in your chart, Jen? It is in the first house. Oh, Mm -hmm. so see, we are taking this grand leap together into the first house territory. Yeah. So we take the general meaning of the new moon, which is we are sowing seeds in the dark. We put it into a sign, which is Sagittarius, the great adventurer. Uh And then we make it more personal to each individual by putting it into a house of their chart and Uh saying, where is this sowing of seeds taking place? For us, it's the first house, the house Mm -hmm. of the self, Mm -hmm. of the individual self. Mm -hmm. Makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, so um, moving on, Neptune has some big news this week. (laughs) Well, Neptune is one of these guys that's retrograde half the time. Lots Uh of people talk about Mercury retrograde, which we are, as we record today, we are just in the tail end of, (laughs) and God knows we have had a very lively Mercury retrograde season. (laughs) And they don't. Uh, Yes, we have. You and I have both had a very interesting Mercury retrograde. Mm -hmm. So we're used to Mercury doing that because he does that several times a year. Um, And he's retrograde for a few weeks and moves on uh, about his business. But the larger planets, uh, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, are retrograde for half the year. Mm -hmm. So generally speaking, I don't put a lot of emphasis on whether they're direct or retrograde unless they are changing direction. Because they have a couple of days that it's like if you picture a gigantic animal, a huge elephant in the zoo or something stirring from a seated position and standing Mm -hmm. up that's kind of the energy of one of these big planets changing direction you really notice them Mm -hmm. they're the elephant in the room so neptune's been retrograde for a while and about six months and -hmm. now it's going direct on november 27th um, early in the morning my time and neptune direct just means we get a jolt of neptune energy like a little earthquake for a couple of days Or since it's Neptune, more accurately, probably like a tidal wave for a couple of days. 
So what is Neptune energy? Right, I was just going to ask that. Yeah. Hey, that's my job. <laughs> I'm anticipating you because Neptune um, is the planet of intuition. And let me, all right, <laughs> let me jump in here and say on June 21st is when Neptune turned retrograde. Oh, bless your heart. See, yeah. this is why you are my cosmic sidekick. Thank you. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's appropriate to never know the details when you're talking about Neptune because details are not <laughs> Neptune's That's land. Great. That is how I'm going to choose right. to look Nebulous. at it. Nebulousness. Yeah. Neptune's a planet of intuition, and it's a planet about seeking reality. So mm. it's a planet that both symbolizes the way we fool ourselves and the illusions that we hold and also the ways in which we're trying to seek the greater truths. Mm. It's a planet of magic and of music and dance and fiction and imagination and Mm. all of that. You can really get into the Neptunian mindset if you imagine a time that you were sitting at the edge of the ocean Mm. and listening to the the waves. Mm -hmm. I always like to use the metaphor that it's the tide coming in and the tide going out. And when the tide comes in it brings interesting things from other lands (laughs) you know license plates from faraway states or messages and bottles or whatever it is but when the tide goes out sometimes it takes things too and it doesn't always take things that we wanted to let go of Mm. so it is a planet of some sorrow and some grief Mm -hmm. and we did have a particularly difficult scorpio season and not just you and me although i know you and i had our struggles yeah uh, individually but for a lot of people um, it was a really intense Scorpio season. I've heard that too. I was um, at my mas- getting a massage yesterday, and my massage therapist actually said I've been hearing all kinds of stories from people mm. about this. Just um, a lot of what were the words she used? Uh, something around violent, you know, violent things happening, and um, just a lot of unfortunate misfortune, I should say, um, happening to people. Mm-hmm. Um, And it was interesting to hear from her perspective as a massage therapist that she'd been also hearing a lot of sad stories, you know. Well, because she hears the stories and she experiences the stories in people's bodies as well. You know, she's feeling it there. She knows it's there. And Neptune is that dimension of us that sees what isn't evident to the naked eye, you know. Mm -hmm. So Neptune going direct is a time when the tide is coming in. And just as it's recently taken some things out, it's going to bring new things in, Mm. new opportunities to look at the world in a slightly different way. And think of the more beautiful things you've ever found on the beach, Mm. because it can bring beautiful things. I just spent some time up um, on the Central Coast, and the little place where we stay is right across the, the street from the ocean. And that's why I love to go there, because we can leave the window open all night and just be hearing the waves crashing. Mm -hmm. And it really is healing. I'm like, oh, this is why people like living by the beach. (laughs) Because I'm in Uh San Diego, but we're five miles away. I go weeks without seeing the beach, you know. Uh (laughs) But it it is something really healing. It's primordial, and it's just that soothing sound and the, the reminder of life's, I don't know, Transitions, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Neptune is in Pisces. Still. Which, is, which still. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> because Neptune moves very slowly. He moves very slowly. He's in a sign for what? Um, mm. I'm trying to think. 14 oh, years long time. or something. Long, long time. time. Mm-hmm. He's sitting right on the fourth house cusp of my chart. Mm. 
and saying, come live by the ocean. I'm like, bring me money so I can live Because it ain't happening right now. And on your fourth house cusp means at the bottom. If, if you're looking at your chart, which is a circle, it's at the very mm-hmm. bottom. Thank you, The Jen. most private part of your chart. Yeah, it's the fourth house is the house of family and mm-hmm. um, lineage and the, and the places that you come from, uh, both mm-hmm. literally and metaphorically. You know, mm-hmm. Where are you coming from? Where are the deep places in you? Yeah. So that's Neptune going direct on November 27th. And and with things like this, remember, doesn't is not just something that happens on a day. But I think with these, what we call stations, when a planet is stationing to move forward or backward, either retrograde or direct, um, that's when we feel this energy is a very compelling force. And we'll probably hear stories around the 27th about sorrow or about grief mm. or about drinking or about drugs, all the ways that we try to anesthetize ourselves and to escape from uh, the parts of life that we find difficult Mm -hmm. to deal with. It'll make for a very interesting Thanksgiving. Or you could choose to meditate or Mm -hmm. um, Or dance or sing or Mm -hmm. some Netflix binging. Oh, I'm so ready for the next season of The Crown. Do you watch The Crown, Jen? I do watch The Crown, yes. Oh my God, I'm Mm -hmm. so excited. Have you started this? (laughs) No, I have not. Uh, We have to go back and rewatch the last (laughs) episode of the last season to remember where these people were. We'll put the crown in the show notes. Oh my gosh, in the Hallmark <laughs> Channel. I hate such a guilty pleasure. Do you? Oh. Well, we don't have cable anymore. We but, don't have cable either. Oh, but yeah. my sister and I got so obsessed with those stupid Hallmark movies. And I've been so tempted to get one of these little add-on subscriptions you can get with Amazon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can watch yep. these horrible movies. <laughs> You're the second person today that's told me they love the Hallmark Channel. I'm telling you, it's mm-hmm. Neptune. It's, mm-hmm. it's Neptune territory oh, yeah. right there. It's mm-hmm. all fairy tales. Yeah. Well, I've heard um, retrogrades described in this way. It's sort of like when you're on the highway and you're about to pass a car. You're So you're behind the car. And as you catch up with the car, you're sort of, you know, you're, you're it, it looks like the car next to you is, is stationing, is stationary rather Mm -hmm. and then you move forward and it actually looks the appearance is that that car that you've passed is moving backwards of course it's not moving backwards but to you in your car passing that other car it looks like it's moving backwards well and well and what you described to me extremely disorienting we were on a train recently and i remember sitting at union station in los angeles waiting for our train to take off and suddenly the train next to us is like are we moving uh-huh. And it's like, no, they were. Yeah. But that's, uh-huh. yeah, that's what the retrograde thing is. like. It's a discrepancy in, in your two orbits. Now, that's, that's a good description of it, though. Yeah, yeah. So that's what's happening with Neptune. Okay. And that really flavors as we move into Thanksgiving Day. That's, have- yeah, because that's right that same day, isn't it? Yeah, 27th, is Thanksgiving the twenty so. seventh? Well, tw- I guess Thanksgiving's the twenty eighth, and, and 28th. Neptune's turning direct the day before. Yeah, so. so we'll all still be sort of getting our bearings there and trying to figure out which train is moving. <laughs> well, but on stuff. Thanksgiving Day, at least in the United States, it's Thanksgiving Day. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of uh, sort of friendly aspects happening, hundred and twenty degree angles, and Mercury is trining Neptune on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And Venus is trining Uranus on Thanksgiving. 
So we, you know, April, you did a lovely job of just describing what Neptune means and what it represents. What does that mean when Mercury, the planet of communication, is making this friendly aspect to Neptune on that day? Well, the first image that came to mind is, okay, we're all getting together with our families on Thanksgiving. Right, and not, yeah. not everybody yeah. sees the world in exactly the same way. Yeah. But Mercury being the planet of communication says, you know what? We're just going to roll with each other's illusions today. (laughs) You can be wrong. I can be wrong. We don't have to agree past the stuffing, you know? Well, this sounds really positive. I think it is positive. No, it can also mean that if there are difficult discussions that really should take place, Mm -hmm. somebody's really out of line and they really should be called on it, it's probably not going to happen. Because the trine is an aspect of non-interference. It says things are just going to be the way they are. We're not going to rock the boat today. Mm -hmm. So depending on your family, whatever's going on, it can be a positive thing. It can be a neutral thing. It can be a negative thing. Mm -hmm. But it just means that we're not going to get into it. You know, we're just not going to go there that day. Yeah. Everybody Mm. will know what everybody else is thinking because it's Mercury with Neptune, and Neptune's very intuitive. But why get into it? And Venus trying Uranus would be that we get to experience maybe some surprises from our usual holiday uh, routines Mm. and traditions. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll mix things up a little bit, Mm -hmm. do things a little bit differently, and that that can be fun. Mm-hmm. It, it might say that you bring some interesting friends mm-hmm. to Thanksgiving or have Thanksgiving with friends instead of getting together with family. It just kind of depends. Or maybe you're bringing astrology into the conversation because <laughs> Uranus does rule astrology, does it not? It does, and I think that would be most <laughs> bold of you. But, of course, you know your family better than I do. I mean, it's not something I'm bringing up at my family necessarily, but <laughs> other than, oh, Aunt April's weird job <laughs> is kind of how it comes up. <laughs> So there's Thanksgiving for us. And it's nice. You know, the moon's in Capricorn that day, which is just, it's not a a warm and cozy sign necessarily, but it is one of the family signs. And it does like its traditions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So a nice mixture on that day of observing the usual traditions, mixing it up a little bit, and not rocking the boat too much. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you. I I think that that sounds like it could be something to look forward to. Well, I always look forward to it because it's like, you know, sausage dressing, you know, it's really good. (laughs) It is really good. Lots of pie. What's your favorite pie? Do you guys do pie at Thanksgiving? Uh, I like pecan pie. Mm, Me too. Yeah. I found the best recipe that I've been making the last few years. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, Well, maybe you should move to Minneapolis. I know. This is going to be Jen's refrain. Every time we talk, (laughs) when you're moving to Minneapolis, and I'm like, if I came, I'd probably go to St. Paul, but okay. (laughs) Twin Cities, that'd be awesome. You've never been to Minneapolis. I know. You shouldn't say that. I shouldn't. I'm sure. It looks fabulous. It's got you. It's got to be great. Mary Tyler Moore lived there on the show, so it's got to be pretty happening. That's right. Mm -hmm. One of these days, Jen. One of these days, we'll do a We've never met. We should tell people. So We've never met. Not even in spirit. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll remedy that one day. I'll get up there for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or drag you guys down here to beautiful sure. Sandy Juego. Yeah. Sometime, at some point, that will happen. It will. Well, what do you think, my dear? Have we done it? I think we've done it. Alrighty. Our first episode. Yay! 
There it is, friends. It's an, e- an episode that will live in the infamy. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So, my friends, that is it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Please plan to catch us next week. Get the word out to your friends that the Big Sky Astrology Podcast is here. Yes, and subscribe wherever you found us. And uh, you can subscribe to my mailing list as well, bigskyastrology.com forward slash subscribe, so that you don't um, miss a single scintillating piece of information. And if you want information on personal readings or reports or anything like that, you will find that there on the website. All right. So until next week, keep your feet on the ground and your eyes in the stars. Mm-hmm.